0: Welcome to Rob and Tony's Cinematic Adventure. I'm Rob Wilson.
1: I am Tony Quantum.
0: Today we're going to be talking about the 1989 classic, one of my all-time favorite movies that I grew up watching, and the inspiration for the name of this podcast, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So, Tony, tell me, do you remember the first time you saw this movie? You know what? I
1: actually don't. I have this vague memory of when the sequel came out, Bill and Ted's bogus journey. And, and more what I remember from that was my brother having seen Bill and Ted, but we didn't have VHS of it. So the movie was mostly unknown to me at that time. And I don't think it was really close to the high school when it kind of came more like something that I actually knew more about. So by that point, Keanu Reeves was kind of a well-established star between Speed and then finally you know, the Matrix movies in uh, Point Break as well, which is weird because it comes out like at least like, two years after Bill and Ted, and
0: yep. his, char-
1: his characters are vastly different in age. Yep, yep, they are. <laughs> so it would have been about that time, probably in high school, that I caught it at some point. So That was funny. It was goofy. I don't think it made a big impression on me at that point for whatever reason whatever night it might have been when i was watching that it wasn't until college at some point when i watched it where they it was hilarious okay. and it's one of those movies for me it's kind of hard to pin down we can get that shortly so yeah it was definitely a bit later and i kind of knew it as kind of keanu reeves by that point by the time i really got into it as kind of his breakthrough american movie he was in dangerous liaisons the year before that which is a Totally opposite movie too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it
0: is. Yeah, so I I don't I don't remember exactly how old I was when I first saw it. I know I was like young. It was early '90s when I first saw it. So yeah, I was maybe six, seven years old. And uh, I,
1: I do think the thing that I remember at that point when my brother was talking about it, seeing the poster. Ah, uh, yeah. And I'm sitting on a phone. Yep. Which that was in my memory well before I actually saw it.
0: But yeah, I I, I uh, have a vague memory of being with my brother at his friend's house, and we were watching it. That's the earliest I remember having seen it, and I've I've loved it from that moment on. <laughs> it's just <laughs> I watched it all throughout my childhood, over and over. Could quote just about every line.
1: I'm glad he brought up the quotes because the thing I was kind of thinking about on this was just some of the use of adverbs in this movie. Yes. I mean, yes. It's hilarious. I don't even know where they went now, but <laughs> <laughs> we're going to fuck this class most heinously. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Not just the adverb. They use the super, yeah. superlative yes, to most. Yes, most Hainously. heinously. Not just heinously,
1: most heinously. <laughs> and there's even things like, you know, I don't know when you're like 10 years old watching that, you're thinking like, oh yeah, most heinously is the funniest line of all time.
0: Oh, uh, but, but yeah. It... There's a
1: lot there to laugh at. What I want to know, I'm, I'm thinking about this, since I mentioned poster with the phone booth, and now, you know, I remember you know seeing that you have the Doctor Who poster yeah. behind you.
0: Which as I said, phone booth clearly is a a an homage reference. to Doctor Who.
1: Yes. <laughs> Which I don't think, you know, because it has been a few years since I've seen it and I think the last time I saw it was probably before I saw the more modern Doctor Who's where so I was like, Oh yeah, that's what that is. Mm-hmm. Right? It's <laughs> Because it is bigger on the inside. Yeah. They cram a lot. Yeah, they of cram a figures. lot of people in it.
0: And the funny thing is, <laughs> I, was, I was watching... Because uh, I, I watched it on the uh, the recent 4K release of it, right? Because I, uh, I got the 4K Blu-ray when it came out. And uh, there's a making-of documentary on that. After I rewatched the movie the other day, I watched that documentary. It's about an hour long. It was real interesting. and. <laughs> yeah they had times when when you know they had like half the phone booth or whatever you know depending on the shot, how much they needed in the camera you know to sort of right. create a little bit more room in there for everybody, but a lot of the time they actually just crammed everybody in there <laughs> in the full si- in the, the full size you know just normal sized phone booth, they crammed like eight or nine people in there, <laughs> however it many there were. And they, they were talking about how it was getting so hot in there and everything was getting all swampy and how it could have been so easy for them to, especially for the shots that it was just like from the, the top half, uh, they could have just put some, you know, air conditioner vents going in through the bottom to cool the place up. But they didn't <laughs> think about, you know, like Genghis
1: Khan, and Abraham Lincoln, being in full get ups. Yeah. Like that, you know? yeah. And Joan of Arc when she's in her full armor. I did not realize. That's funny. That's a that's a good um, yeah. good effect to have. We mm-hmm. know it. It's funny because it's like obviously absurd, <laughs> and you know you have your fantasy elements of it because obviously time like, travel movie. Yeah, but also
0: uh, something there's
1: a, real, there's a realism to a lot of the things within the movie.
0: Yeah, but also one of one of the things that so since the since it was released on 4K, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of this. Uh, about this, but uh, someone has noticed an Easter egg that oh. was never noticed before because the resolution wasn't good enough to see it. And I, after reading an article about that a few weeks ago, I made sure to, to keep an eye out for it when I was watching right. it. And uh, in the future, you know, that those three people that are sort of hovering, right. the three yep. elders in the future that are sort of hovering over that platform, there is one shot in the entire movie it lasts about maybe a second, tops. Probably closer to a half a second. Where at the beginning of the movie, when they first create the, the phone booth time machine, yep. and uh, and Rufus gets in it as he's dropping down into the floor to travel through time, you know, when the lights are flashing, mm-hmm. one of those light, one of those flashes of light shines up onto the uh, platform that they're hovering over. Okay, and you see the Circle K logo, which means they're hovering over a sm- over a model of the Circle K. Where everything started. <laughs> but it's just a that, brief flash that is just the very beginning of the movie. That's a really cool detail. <laughs> that it was the, the resolution apparently was not good enough for people to notice it before the 4K release.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I love that you say because, like, that's the line. Like, for the first time I've seen the movie. Yeah.
0: Strange things are afoot that at the just, Circle K. You know,
1: strange things are afoot at the Circle K. And, um... I guess before I hit like Keanu on this, like, it's funny, you know, I I have very specific memories about Circle K's, actually, (laughs) (laughs) in my grandparents' house in Arizona. (laughs) Anyway, but yeah, I mean, that entire opening sequence, though, like I was thinking about it, watching it this time, as with any time travel movie, you're going to have certain grounded, dated aspects of things Mm -hmm. that tell you, okay, you have your set year, this is taking place, right? because that needs to be communicated. Yeah,
0: yeah I and mean, they, be... they yeah, and they yeah, they mentioned plenty of times in the first few minutes of the movie that it took place in 1988.
1: But it's funny because like watching it, you know, and obviously the thing is a phone booth which feels very dated now, you know, Doctor Who can really get away with it because of being so classic yeah. and by always way, traveling
0: through time. By the way, for you youngsters who are listening, a phone booth was a big glass box that you used to walk into that had a payphone in it. That What's if you needed to make a call that? when you were out, before <laughs> cell phones came around, you could go in there, put a quarter in, and make a
1: call. And even for, uh, for Rob and I, or host, for us, because we grew up in the Verbs.
0: Oh, and by the way, so before we continue, uh, spoiler alert for everything that we're talking about in this, we're going to talk about the whole movie, so... <laughs> It's been a, it's been almost 40 years since this movie came out, so... <laughs> yeah. If you're concerned about spoilers with it, I'm sorry.
1: There, there are kids that... Um, there are people that were born when this movie came out that have kids that are in, pro- are in high school now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he might be one of them. <laughs> I don't know. Which is weird, because I'm older than this movie. I don't have high school kids, which I'm okay with
0: yeah hey, I'm older than this movie, and I don't have any kids so
1: <laughs> but you know, it's funny. it's like it's you know obviously they ground certain things within the time period makes sense, and it's funny like there's certain things they kind of park in boards, but it still doesn't feel dated to me
0: no, no, right? it doesn't
1: like you know when they talk- you know you talk about the the opening scene like in some ways. It made me think a lot of Superman 2. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> but instead of Terrence Stamp, you have George Carlin in a very not George Carlin-esque type role. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he he played it straight the whole time. Yeah. No, he plays it perfectly. But, um, you know, he does it straight. There's a goopiness to it. But there's enough, like you said, like Kim playing it straight, all the people playing things straight enough that it doesn't feel like it's a complete spoof and send up. It's yeah. just another time travel.
0: Yeah, And also, it's interesting because uh, in that in the documentary that's in the making of documentary that's with the 4K, I don't know if it's on any of the other releases of it, mm-hmm. but uh, it, it may be on some of them. But uh, Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter talk about how uh, they were so happy when George Carlin was cast because it meant that their movie was legit. You know, every time that they had a scene with him, they got so excited because they knew that as long as George Carlin was involved in it, everything was going to be OK and the movie was going to turn out great. So like when they in the in that scene at the Circle K, when they when uh, yeah. I was they bring when that they talked to themselves like, listen to this dude. Yeah, when they like, listen to this dude, when they walk out of the time machine and they see him, and they're all excited to see him, that's a real reaction. That's good.
1: But who would have thought that? Like,
0: <laughs> you
1: think about that? Like, Keanu Reeves becomes like a famous movie actor. Yeah, and Alex Winter.
0: <laughs> I mean, but he has this. He yeah, has this series. He has this, and and he's done other stuff. He just hasn't been like real mainstream with with his projects. But, I um, I don't remember what he's done. I think he got more. He did more like behind the scenes stuff, okay. like behind the camera stuff. Mm-hmm. Since then, I don't. Know, I was listening to, a few years ago. I was listening to a podcast where they were talking to him, and he was talking about what he's done since Bill and Ted. He's actually been very active. Just nothing that has been really newsworthy.
1: Especially lately, he's done a lot of directing, like documentaries, which is interesting. We you know talked about him, like he actually. He was in The Lost Boys prior to this, which would have been, you know, he would have had more of an actual role as opposed to Keanu Reeves. Which, do you know what Keanu Reeves did in the 80s before he began acting? What's that? He was a news correspondent on, like, a kids' news show in Canada.
0: Wow, I've got to, we have to try to get a hold of some of those clips. There are YouTube videos out there of him. Oh, we got to find him. <laughs> we got to find him.
1: I can look very quickly at what it's called Going Great. Going and Great. And it was a program on CBC, which is yeah, like the BBC, Canada's BBC company. version, right? And then he eventually started doing some stage productions, and then he got into like film acting.
0: That is amazing.
1: <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> but this was it. And it's funny because, like, you know, obviously if you've seen Keanu Reeves' movies, you know, there's not a lot of range within yeah. what he does. He's just At least his early movies. There. He's
0: gotten a lot more range more recently, in, in more yes. recent years. Uh, I
1: actually kind of think but his, his first several movies. Ted.
0: Ted has range. He does.
1: He does. But he also has the perfect Keanu reaction. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's also why he was perfect for Neo and the Matrix. Yeah. But.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's maybe just, something, we'll there's just something about the movies that are able to work in the, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> anyway,
1: so, you know, if you haven't seen this movie yet, I guess we haven't talked a lot about the plot yet.
0: Yeah. No, we haven't talked about it. <laughs> It's so, a
1: time travel movie. I think you, you've caught on to that. It's yeah. Time travel. Time travel movie. Time travel movie. It's not really a spoof of them. And actually, no, I think it does so well of actually not complicating obviously time travel
0: role. Yeah, I mean it's time and travel it movie. Makes it, sense. It's it's not a spoof, if anything, other than just its own thing. It's an homage to time travel. Movies. I would agree with that. It's it's a comedic, goofy homage to yeah. time travel movies. Whereas
1: I think you know we did you know we recently did Hot Fuzz and Shaun the Dead. Shaun the Dead is more of a homage. It yeah. spoofs up zombie movies a little bit. Hot Fuzz spoofs the buddy yeah. action. It's, yes. It's different than that.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Bill and Ted has, it's got its own self-contained story that is, a, it's really a genius premise.
1: No, it really is. It, it's the perfect catalyst to do what it wants to do. Because,
0: I mean, the, the the movie starts out, you got, you got Bill and Ted, There are a couple of uh, students that are struggling in their history class. They're, uh, they're not
1: know, like they're not these stoner kids. No, they're not stoner they're just,
0: kids, but you know, later movies would, would put them as stoners. But this is before the whole stoner they're, culture. They're kind really. of slackers. Yeah, they're but slackers. Not like but, kind of slackers but, but they just they're, they're not the brightest. Don't have the proper motivation. <laughs> yeah. I mean they're they're both very intelligent. They're just yes. they don't have the motivation to really use their intelligence for school. But so they, they are given a uh a history project. They have to give an oral report in front of the school and describe how all these different historical figures would view, would, the, modern would world. view the modern world in San Dimas, California.
1: Yeah, that's that's also very important. That like yeah. their particular part of the world. Yes. How which actually yeah. is a very good history project.
0: It is. It really is. So uh, so yeah. So they're supposed to give this oral report and explain you know in their thought process. In their in their how opinion Socrates. about how yeah all these Socrates or Socrates <laughs> or Billy or the Kid or Joan of <laughs> Arc or Abraham Lincoln how each of these people if they were uh, alive today what they would think about modern day well 1988 San Dimas California but if they if they don't get an A on their on their oral so report they're, they're both gonna fail history. history. And so then Ted has the added struggle of uh, if he fails history, his dad's going to send him to military school in Alaska. His dad is the Which police is, captain in San Dimas. <laughs>
1: one of my favorite tiny points of this, military academy in Alaska. Yes, in
0: Alaska. <laughs> Oates military academy, to be exact, in Alaska.
1: Everyone knows that if you want to send your kid to the best military academy, you send him to Alaska.
0: Yes. But that was also back in the day when, uh, really, the late '80s, early '90s, the big parental threat to get their kids to straighten up is, "I'm going to send you to military school." Dude, yeah,
1: I don't know if parents still threaten that way. I don't.
0: Think I I not. haven't heard any do that recently. But people, hey, yeah, Kelly they mil- used to. Military schools are still out there. They still exist. Yeah, they still exist, but it's it's not really a, a a good threat anymore to threaten to send your kid to military school if they don't straighten up. Wait, why is it dumb? I mean, there was a time when I was a kid that I was like legitimately concerned that if I messed up too bad, I'd be sent to military school, because <laughs> all these movies made it out to be such a bad thing. <laughs> such a big well, it was even
1: worse. It was like if you if you watch Child's Play three, there's this evil doll. Yes, at the military school, I ammo <clears> into the guns that they're doing drills with. It was a oh, different you time. Vietnam, you know, Nam. Anyway,
0: because you know, if the if the if the parents couldn't uh, whip you into shape, couldn't get you back on the straight and narrow, the military definitely could. But Ted has that pressure. Yeah, Bill's just distracted. Yeah, Bill's just his distracted. Dad's banging. because yeah, his dad, had, his his new his his new stepmom, is uh, only three years older than he is, <laughs> she was a senior when Bill and Ted were freshmen. And she wants him to call her mom, yes, and she wants him to call her mom, but instead of Missy extreme. is
1: that like his dad is obviously screwing her on his
0: bed yes, yes, that was made blatantly obvious when Bill and Ted are in Bill's room and they're trying to come up with ideas <laughs> for their history report. Missy comes in with uh with burnt grilled cheese <laughs> so that they can have a snack, and then Bill's dad <laughs> comes in. <laughs> Gives them some money and sends them off to go get of some crazy snacks, how, Circle K. I mean, and, totally crazy uh, how they, what that
1: house is. Yeah. It's very clean. The lawn is very nice. The flowers are very well kept. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know how that's possible.
0: I mean, there's the one scene where Missy is out, you know, uh, watering the, the flowers and stuff.
1: Maybe it's because she wants to water them that way in case anyone comes by and sees her little booty.
0: Maybe. Uh, Maybe yeah. she was just waiting for a uh, phone booth full of historical figures to show up <laughs> right behind her and materialize on top of the hose. I still want to know what Bill's dad does because, like, she obviously has the things for teachers.
1: Like, You yeah. see scenes where she's yeah. still hanging on her prior yes. teachers.
0: Yeah, because she definitely makes eyes of the history teacher who was her history teacher when she was in high school a few <laughs> years ago. But, yeah, so, yeah, they never explain what Bill's the, the, dad what? does. Ted's dad's the police chief. The police captain. Yeah, that's very clear. Um, He has no idea where his keys are, which is a very important plot point. Very important plot point that he can't find his keys. But they're obviously both distracted, right? It makes sense. Like, they're they're afraid they're going to flunk. They don't want to flunk. They
1: want to be good students. They want to succeed, right? You see that early on in the movie.
0: Bill's dealing with the fact that his stepmom, he went to high school with her. And and that's awkward.
1: (laughs) I just sends him off to the Circle K to eat dinner.
0: Yep. Well, he uh, shuts Bill's bedroom door and locks it with uh, him and Missy in it, and everybody knows what they're going to do in there. Ted even comments on it. He's got to be doing something
1: well worth it if she's... Anyway, so they go off to the Circle K, and they have a visitor. Well, first, they're actually quizzing people in the Circle K. Yeah. Do you know who can get off?
0: Do you know when the Mongols rule, China? (laughs) That lady that's walking up there. Hey, I'm sorry, kid. I just work here. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Can't you see like we, we haven't brought this guy up before We have a friend Tim
0: Yes Tim <laughs> why, ha- why hasn't Tim made a mention here yet uh, I can see him We're in our 7th episode and we have not mentioned Tim yet Parking lot at the gas station Asking Do
1: you know when the Mongols ruled China <laughs> He could tell you Who won the 1963 Stanley Cup
0: yeah, if it has to do and with hockey. Who they're
1: starting defenseman
0: were. Tim has an but encyclopedic knowledge of everything hockey. Keanu Reeves might have that, too. He is Canadian. He is. He is Canadian. <laughs> but, yeah, I could totally see Tim out there asking random people. that at Circle K. Do you know what? He, when did the Mongols put, rule China? It's
1: it really actually appropriate. Someone that struggled with school. He did not want to struggle with school. Mm-hmm. He did not want to do well. It's not like some of these other kids out there. They would have to face a situation like this where he needs to pass a test. But thankfully, there's intervention. Not divine intervention. There's intervention. No,
0: there's intervention from the future. Rufus, played by George Carlin, shows up in a phone booth that drops out of the sky. And uh, turns out that phone booth is a time machine. And it can take Bill and Ted to any point in time in the history of the universe. Yep. They can go backwards. History backwards. or future. And uh, so he takes the time machine with them so that they can go and actually learn from history itself to be able to ace their oral report. And uh, so he takes them on their first trip to sort of show them the ropes and teach them how to use the time machine. They end up going to France, but it's uh, during the reign of Napoleon. Yep. Well, they show up in the middle of a war, <laughs> in the middle of, of a battle. Yeah,
1: it's in France.
0: and It's 1805. Uh, yes, 1805. And he's fighting Austria. And uh, so when they show up, Napoleon spots them, tells his troops to blow them up, and they see the cannons start getting pointed at them. So they get back in the the, uh, phone booth and they, you know, activate it to travel back to the present time, to 1988. Meanwhile, at the same time, Napoleon, uh, an explosion goes up right next to him and launches him right to where the time machine is. And he falls through the, uh, the portal that was created. So he's sort of flowing through the circuits of time behind the time machine. And when they return to 1988, Napoleon ends up falling and landing in a tree right outside of the time machine. Right.
1: And they, they could have taken them
0: with them. They could they have. they everyone
1: else with them. Because I
0: mean, th- their original idea, their original plan was just to go and learn from the different time periods. Right, learn from them, talk with them. And then when they realized that Napoleon That's hitched true. a ride back with them, they decided, okay, well, let's go ahead and go and collect historical figures and Which bring them back so and let them, them see how modern-day San Dimas is. And then we can actually get an accurate report from them. They leave Napoleon with Ted's younger Yes, with Ted's <laughs> younger brother, Deacon. Normal name well, I mean, you gotta wonder though so Bill and Ted, you got Bill S. Preston, Esquire is what he calls himself and then Ted Theodore Logan. is Theodore actually his middle name like is he Theodore Theodore Logan? <laughs> or is Theodore the, the middle Theodore is more of like a uh, in quotes like a nickname, just an add-on to his name Ted Theodore that's Logan right. <laughs> That's never explained. that's <laughs> not. But together they are Wild Stallions, the band. Wild Stallions. The rock band Wild Stallions. They uh, They want to be like Van Halen. Yes, but they <laughs> but they don't know how to play any instruments.
1: They just make a lot of noise in the yeah. garage.
0: They are trying to make a triumphant music video, but uh, they can't make a triumphant video without Eddie Van Halen, and they can't get Eddie Van Halen without a triumphant video. So that's it's their dilemma.
1: Terrific circular logic. <laughs> it's very sound.
0: Which, yeah, so they get this idea to uh, to go around and collect historical figures and bring them back to 1988 to see what they think of San Demas. Yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, it is. They got a time machine. They don't have a lot of time, but they have a time machine. Because time still goes on as normal in modern-day San Dimas while they're traveling through time.
1: Which I like.
0: Yes, you know, at one point when they come back to meet past Bill and Ted at the uh, Circle K, they think they have 10 hours before their report, but they really have two hours because Ted forgot to wind his watch because time still passes normally in <laughs> modern <laughs> they day. They
1: still warn themselves, or remember, to yeah. wind the watch.
0: And then he Even still though forgets. Know, it's not going <laughs> to yeah. happen. But, uh, so, yeah, they the, the first actual, like, person that they knowingly take with them is Billy the Kid.
1: And... It's a whole Wild West brawl mm-hmm. type of thing. And I always think it's interesting, like, Billy the Kid's kind of an interesting figure, all of them bring back. You know, he's a very, like, one of the ones that, like, influenced influence throughout history, and then you just have Billy the Kid.
0: And I love, I love how they first get to the Old West. Well, first off, the, the time machine winds up. It comes in right between two outhouses. So it looks like it's a third outhouse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but... When they walk into the saloon, they walk over to the bar, and Bill orders two beers. Just big smile on his face, two beers, please. Yep. And the bartender just gives them two beers. <laughs> you know, they're clearly teenagers, but it's the Old it's, West. They're clearly very, very different. Yeah, it's the Old West. You know, they they didn't re- really care about things like that in the Old West. <laughs> so, obviously, they don't get carded or anything like that. And Bill and Ted are surprised they got beer with no trouble. <laughs> You know, it feels like we gotta gotta remember this place.
1: Made me think another movie we'll have to do was Three Amigos.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. 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 (laughs) They order beer. When they get tequila, it's like beer. (laughs) (laughs) No beer. (laughs) Just tequila. What's tequila? It's like beer. They were
1: also clearly out of play.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we gotta do that movie one of these days. But, uh, But so, yeah, so they, you know, Billy the Kid comes in and they, you know, he's looking for two people to join his poker team. And so, uh, yeah, of course, Bill and Ted volunteer to help him to play poker with him. He gets caught cheating (laughs) and there's a big barroom brawl. And uh, so as they're trying to run out there, they convince Billy the Kid to go with them and they all get in the time machine and travel back to ancient Greece (laughs) with all the columns and stairs. It was most tranquil. And it's shocked. Most tranquil. <laughs> Again, use of
1: adverbs. Yes, <laughs> it's, most tranquil. But they meet Socrates. Yes, they meet
0: Socrates. And who they him... who they just saw his name written in their history book, so they pronounce it Socrates. <laughs> so they meet Socrates. Well, he's up there talking to the people. He's got a big basin of uh, sand that he's talking about how time is like the sands of an hourglass. So in response. They
1: so, quote Kansas.
0: Yes. So since Bill and Ted don't speak ancient Greek, that's right. <laughs> you know they have to communicate with them somehow. So Ted tells Bill to recite him some lyrics. So Bill picks up a handful of sand and he tells him, "All we are is dust in the wind, dust dude." In the wind. <laughs> All we are is dust and in the wind. So great finds this to be profound. So then he quotes the
1: days of our lives slogan. <laughs>
0: Like the sands of the hourglass, so are the days of our lives.
1: <laughs> and I just gotta say, like probably Napoleon, Socrates—I think the two of them become my favorite of all the figures they have, <laughs> especially with Socrates because he seems like a very doic Greek philosopher, very intellectual. And <laughs> and throughout the movie, the old head come in, they upended a bit. And throughout the and movie, he his journey
0: on this adventure. Yeah, and he and Billy the Kid become best friends. Best friends. So, Crazy Billy the Kid. They we'll bond. Get to
1: that later,
0: And uh, funny thing, Dan Shore, the guy who played Billy the Kid, when he was first cast as Billy the Kid, they didn't really tell mm-hmm. him a whole lot about you know how to play the part or anything like that. So he did his research. He researched Billy <laughs> the Kid. Found out that you know he had syphilis and all this stuff. He was a syphilitic gunslinger. And so when he came in the first day of shooting, he started playing him like he had syphilis. <laughs> You know, he's, like, sort of twitching a little bit and, you know, acting like, like he's sick. <laughs> and so they, they stopped him, and they're like, no, just, we're going to forget about all that. Just play him like a cowboy. So, they, oh, okay. So, basically, forget all the research you did. We're just going to play him like a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> It's great that you did all this research and you you know you learned so much about him, but but we're we're just not going to worry about any of the any of the actual yeah. real life details of this guy, even though he's supposed to be like a historical <laughs> figure. Yeah,
1: sadly, by the way, the actor played Socrates, Tony Steedman, has passed away. about 20 years
0: years I mean, he was old in eighty eight when they filmed <laughs> the movie, so it's not really surprising that thirty three years later he's passed. In that time? He did
1: have a role in the mid 90s. There was an Iron Man TV series, right? Iron Man series. He played the voice of Justin Hammer in that. Oh.
0: I used to watch that show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) For most of you, we might have encountered Justin Hammer in Iron Man 2. Yes.
0: But anyway. But yeah, we're talking about, you know, way back in the 1900s (laughs) when we were kids.
1: (laughs) He didn't have a whole lot helps and i you know, i was trying to look this i was
0: just thinking about this because
1: there's, there's several of the historical figures that are older in that movie mm-hmm. and i was just kind of wondering like oh well, like they passed on did george carlin has passed on
0: yes that was a sad day
1: yeah dan shore is the actor that played billy the kid he was also in tron yes he was 82 tron.
0: great movie another one we need to do great
1: Wednesdays. movie we'll, we'll have to do also yeah. And I guess part of it is that is actually some of the um animation that movie made think of made me think of Strong way. Yeah. Just the the effects and the way they did the animation. Yeah.
0: Especially through the uh, Circus of time. Yeah, it's the eighties. In those sections. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's
1: it, it's okay. I, I can live with that. So, so they bring back Socrates and they Socrates and Billy the Kid, Boy ends with Deacon. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Napoleon's with Deacon going on their adventures. <laughs> Deacon takes him bowling. Which is funny. And, uh, we'll get to that. Well, actually, so next no, first I guess what? he takes him to get ice cream. Get and ice Deacon, cream. somehow, this somewhat nerdy kid, he takes Napoleon to get ice cream, and Deacon's got two girls with him. Yes, he does. Deacon does not strike me as the kind of guy who would have female friends that he'd just go and, you know, hang out with at the ice cream shop. This is also what I want to know. So, it's a school night especially back in the 80s when nerd was like... Revenge of the nerds. Yeah, when nobody liked <laughs> a nerd. And, I mean, he wasn't, like, clearly a nerd, but he was kind of... He was a little bit nerdy, but Definitely. he wasn't your stereotypical nerd. This is the detail I want
1: to know about that before we get back to Bill and Ted. So, they dropped and off with him. like nine, ten o'clock at night. But, like, it's a school night. Not super late, but it's, it's late. And then the next day's a school day, and so he kid plays <laughs> very... Napoleon <laughs> an ice cream parlor, a bowling alley, and then later we see him playing baseball. Anyway, that that that's for later. I, I was just thinking yeah. about that. Hell I yeah,
0: agree. yeah. You, you're right. Meanwhile,
1: it's... we're seeing later that yeah, these history projects are happening.
0: Yeah, because the, yeah, the next day is clearly a school day because the next day is when the history report is due.
1: Yeah, it's not like the history report due on a Monday and they missing an the entire a Friday.
0: It's probably a Friday when it's due. Yeah. Because reports like that a lot of times are due on Fridays. Yes.
1: Anyway, one little point that I find kind of puzzling. So they have Socrates, Billy the Kid. Next thing they do is they go into like medieval England.
0: Or they meet the beautiful babes of England. (laughs) (laughs) They meet the princesses that earlier at the Circle K, future Ted told current Ted to give his love to the princesses. And so they see those princesses that Ted was talking about.
1: And it's weird because, you know, it's like they don't, I don't really say the year, but you understand it's the 11, 1200. and then all of a sudden they drop out of the sky. Some weird peasant dude sees this. And they see the princesses. The princesses see them. We find out the princesses are gonna be married to these what these
0: royal ugly dudes.
1: Royal ugly dudes. <laughs> But, uh, you know, even before we find that out, but, like one of my favorite parts of the movie is, like, they have this project. They're about to fail.
0: Yeah, and they decide to take and a detour.
1: Time is of the essence. Yeah. Rupus emphasizes that.
0: Yeah, and they decide to take but a detour to try to pick up some princesses. With suits of armors and
1: swords they decide to recreate Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes
0: Back. <laughs> Pick up a couple swords, because they yeah. they sneak into the uh, into the castle by hiding in suits of armor that are on display, and then when they're walking through, they find some swords laying around. <laughs> and they decide to pretend like they are Darth Ted it's and Scott Luke Bill. Here. That's right. <laughs> and they. They pretend to have a lightsaber fight with swords. Till Bill sort of shoves Ted and he ends up falling down the stairs. And uh, then uh, some of the knights from the castle come in and find him laying down at the bottom of the stairs. Stab right through the breastplate of the armor. And Bill thinks that they just killed Ted. So when they're going up the stairs, he hides. And once once the coast is clear, he comes out and then... You know, he's going to check on Ted, and the uh, the guy that stabbed him comes into the room, into the kitchen where he is. And, uh, you know, so Bill attacks him because he killed Ted, that medieval dickweed.
1: Medieval dickweed.
0: <laughs> but the guy ends up eventually overpowering Bill, and when he's about to kill Bill, Ted pops in and hits him in the back of the head with a bone. He boned him. He's a total bonehead. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, also, according to that documentary... Alex Winter's favorite part of the movie, the part that he just loved was just how ridiculous it was that uh, Ted just happened to fall out of his armor when he hit the floor.
1: Without being seen by anyone else. It was, <laughs> yeah.
0: And the bad. armor was all still completely put together and is completely illogical. But yeah, Alex Winter mentions in there that that's the part that he just, that, that his favorite part of the entire movie was the fact that Ted fell out of his armor when he hit the floor.
1: Ted knocks it. the guy out with the bone. And he bones they him in the head.
0: In to the princesses. Yeah. Uh, and then in, in order to impress him, you know, Ted is the ladies' man of the two. Bill yes. is very shy of, around women. Ted is more of the ladies' man. I mean, he did ask Missy Which, to prom when, when she was a senior and he was a freshman.
1: And I could but, get Bill's reluctance as he got older, as he saw his dad. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's definitely Here some he- some remnants of, of that in there that if. completely makes you understand Bill's yeah. mindset on the whole thing. The king comes in. No, no, but but the first them. no, but first they run into the princesses in the courtyard uh-huh. and uh, they're trying to impress them, and so Bill doesn't know what to say, so he tells Ted to recite him some lyrics, and so Ted mm-hmm. comes out and says, "Oh, beautiful babes from England, for which we have traveled through time. Will you go to the prom with us in San Dimas?" We'll have a most <laughs> triumphant time. <laughs> I love how he he uses time to rhyme with time, and of course the princesses are are impressed by it, and yeah. uh, they instantly fall in love with Bill and Ted. But they can't go with them because they're supposed to marry these royal ugly dudes. So then, when they're trying to help the princesses escape the castle, they don't have to marry the royal ugly dudes. Then uh, they run into the king and his who sentences them and to his Iron maiden. Yes, who sentences them to the Iron Maiden? Which they get and excited. They think- because they think he's talking about the band, but then, again, but
1: then, they don't know a lot of history.
0: Yes, but right after he sentences them to the Iron Maiden, then he just completely <laughs> changes his mind and he decides he's going to behead them. <laughs> <For> no reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like that. Because they were just hanging out with the princesses, so I guess that that's oh, a death sentence. Your head. So they go to get beheaded, and somehow the executioners—yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somehow the executioners turn out to be Billy the Stop Kid and Socrates.
1: And Billy the Kid. <laughs>
0: Socrates and Billy the Kid got a hold of the executioner's robes and axes. And as the townsfolk are, uh, you know, crying witch, and, you know, they had loaded the phone booth up onto a cart and pull it up right next to where they're being executed, Billy the Kid and Socrates use their axes to cut the ropes that are tying Bill and Ted down, and they escape into the uh, time machine.
1: This scene, particularly the escape part of it, reminded me of History of the World Part 1. Yes, it's not a time travel movie, but it's. But it is a great movie. Ideas. It's a Mel
0: Brooks movie, so it's a great movie. <laughs> it's a great movie. <laughs> anyway, so well, it is somewhat. See. It is kind of a time travel movie. I mean, yeah, it's 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 not time travel in the sense of you know time machine traveling through time, right? But, but you're it, traveling it, through you're tra- different periods the, of time. The viewer is traveling through time by watching snippets With Mel from Brooks different Brooks eras, as being the central person in each part of it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's a different character in each part of it. But yes, the viewer is sent through time viewing different eras of history. It's so in a sense, slayer, it's a time travel movie. But back to Bill but,
1: <laughs> So, you know, the movie takes its time in that little section, which is fine. It has this nice, you know, drawn-out part, which makes sense. because they reference the princesses
0: earlier in the yeah. movie. And before, you know, as they're escaping on the cart, getting away from the people are chasing them far enough to where they can get into the time machine and actually escape. You have a guy with a Morningstar flail comes down, and for some reason, he stops right outside of it, swings it over his head a few times before he actually swings it at the time machine. (laughs) I mean, I guess he, he had to build up momentum, but he ends up swinging it at the time machine as it's dropping into the ground to go through the circuits of time, and he swings it just as the antenna is passing in front of his flail. Which is important. Which is important, which it's we don't sandwich. understand because it, it's starting to disappear at that point in time. So it looks like he just missed it, but it's an important plot point later. the next thing that happens is the typical eighties montage. Yes. They Every eighties movie had various, it. Collect various historical yeah, figures. They get. They uh, get Joan of Arc. They get Genghis Khan. Sigmund, Sigmund Freud, or Sigmund Freud. They call him Freud. They get Freud. You get <laughs> Mister the Kid. Yes, Mister <laughs> so the Kid. Great so great Miss of Ark <laughs> Joan of Ark Abraham who, Lincoln. who earlier in the history class when Ted is asked who Joan of Ark is he, he says Noah's wife good answer <laughs> what's but they get Joan of Ark they get Genghis Khan that's right they and, get uh, Beethoven yes they get Beethoven who really
1: should be instrumental who, for them who they be call
0: Beethoven they don't pronounce anybody's names right <laughs> And they get Abraham Lincoln. That's the one they pronounce right. Which would make
1: sense. He's the, one of the most famous American presidents. He's on the five dollar bill on the penny. You should hear his name plenty of times. to be <laughs> Like, OK, Abraham Lincoln. He's got his face on a mountain,
0: you know. Meanwhile, uh, so Deacon has taken Napoleon and Deacon's two ladies, his two lady friends. <laughs> the four of them go bowling. He kind of, You know, he's like the forerunner of Mick yeah, he kind of is. Hmm. Never really thought about that, but yeah, he kind of is. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so they decide that they're tired of dealing with Napoleon, so they ditch him at the bowling alley because he's a geek. a Geek, he's square,
1: and yeah.
0: he doesn't know how to let go
1: of a bowling ball.
0: He cheats. He cheats, because that was back when you had to manually write your scores down when you're bowling. They didn't have it all computerized. But yeah, so they ditch him at the bowling alley. He gets kicked out because he doesn't have any money to pay for the bowling, and he ends up at Waterloo, (laughs) the water slide park. (laughs) There's a scene in that there, right?
1: So, like, obviously, like, it's new to him. Like, somehow, he
0: finds a water suit. Yes, somehow no, no. That's just his his underwear. That's right. That's this this is is what he's I'll, got underneath correct. his his uh, his uniform. So, like,
1: I, I like how it's played because, like, of course he's gonna be like cautious about it. Yeah, what to do?
0: Yeah, especially since the first slide he goes on is a tube slide. So it's a it's an enclosed slide all the way down, and he's looking up there. He's real cautious about it because not long before he was sliding through the circuits of time. They're very similar. What? you know, and look to this slide. He's a a soldier. He's going to want to know what he's getting into. And so the lifeguard just kind of shoves him into it so that he can get going. So the next people can go. And he has a going through there. It reminds him he's having flashbacks to the, to the circuits of time. And then he ends up loving it. So he's (laughs) running up, going down as many slides as he can, picking up little kids, moving them out of the way so that he can go down. That's my favorite part. It's like, (laughs) he just, Politely moves yes. him. Up. He doesn't shove him. He just picks the kid up, puts him down next to him, and so smiles at him. He just it's very French-like, yeah. right? You know, Very kind of courteous. Yeah, he doesn't just shove him out of the way. <laughs> I mean, like when he's running up the stairs, he kind of shoves people out of the way. But yeah. w- when he gets it's to the slide, there, he very politely picks the kid up, puts him down next to the slide, and then goes down the slide. But oh, yeah, so he ends up loving it, and that's about the time when uh, Bill and Ted have returned to, uh, well, to Bill's backyard. Well, before that, they have to repair oh, yes.
1: the single. Yeah, because right? they end up... They get stuck yeah, in prehistoric times. They get stuck in
0: prehistoric times, 1 million B.C., and uh, they just happen to have a backpack full of chocolate pudding and bubblegum. Well, from the... Circle K trip. Yes, from the Circle K trip. But I'm kind of surprised they bought so much of it when they were there. Because they had a little tin of chocolate pudding for each member of their group. And a stick of bubblegum for each member of their group. True. And so while they're all eating their pudding and chewing their gum, Bill is sitting on top of the time machine trying to repair the antenna that it's this revealed is... was damaged when the knight swung the flail at it. This is another point so that's for why anyone their, their, that was time born...
1: Probably after the year nineteen ninety five, people used to have these things on top of their television. Yes, and
0: people An kind of
1: people have antennas now because people are cutting the cords and they yeah. want the local channels.
0: But they look different. They look different. Yeah,
1: <laughs> they were called rabbit ears. Back then,
0: there were rabbit ears. But even even this, this was this wasn't even rabbit ear antennas on top of the time machine though. It was no, it, it was the like the antenna on top of the house. Exactly. That you would have sort of a a version of that.
1: Twist them around, put foil on things, and try to get reception from the towers. Yes,
0: so for the broken pieces of the antenna, they're using the the little tin cans that the chocolate pudding came in, and then uh, using the bubble gum as glue to hold all the pieces together. And it works. And it works. (laughs) They're able to fix it. Apparently. And it's a perfectly working time machine again
1: is definitely not
0: fucking science class. <laughs> yeah, they may be flunking history, but they're not flunking science. <laughs> Which is where you know their intelligence comes into play. You know, they're not they're not dumb guys. They are very they're intelligent. they just lack motivation to yeah. do well in school. but uh, but they fix it. they get back to present day. Yes. They get back to present day, show up in Bill's backyard. While Missy is watering the flowers and the uh, time machine comes and lands on the hose, which then doesn't allow the water to come out of the hose and surprises Missy. Or then they decide that, you know, they're in this, they're coming out of this phone booth with all these people and they decided to give them fake names. You got Herman <laughs> the Kid, Maxine of Arc. You know, they go through, everybody has a fake name. And then Abraham Lincoln comes out last and they're like, and Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> The one thing they need to get right the entire time. <laughs> so, so, then they ask Missy if she can drive them to the mall, and but they have uh, to do the chores. Like, you have to do chores first, you know. She'll take them wherever they want to go, but they have to do their chores first. So then they have another montage, <laughs> another classic eighties montage of all of the historical figures doing the different chores around the house.
1: <laughs> and of course, Abraham Lincoln is very, very attentive to it.
0: Yes, but all the and long. and Beethoven is loving cleaning the windows. Yes. He's having a grand old time cleaning the windows. <laughs> with that Windex? Yeah, Genghis Khan is cleaning the toilet. He's got the brush. He's brushing it in there. And then he looks. At the brush starts brushing his hair with it. Seems <laughs>
1: appropriate. We'd think Genghis Khan would be one to like, yeah, I got it. yeah, the Mongol.
0: Anyway, so they go to the mall and that <laughs> well, they, first, they the leave that first them shot. there because they have to realize they realize they need to find yeah they need to find Napoleon. Napoleon. So they leave everybody at the mall. But before they leave everybody at the mall, they're introduced at the mall while they're going up the escalator. Now, here's something that I didn't notice until this most recent rewatch. I've seen this movie a million times, right? And I did not notice this until just the other day when I was watching it. They're going up the escalator. And, you know, they're going, you know, Socrates, watch out for your robe, dude. (laughs) You know, beef oven, don't get sucked under, you know. While they're coming up, everybody's on the escalator. Billy the Kid is riding up on the railing. He rides up there He rides up on the railing like a horse. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I never noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's perfect. <laughs> it
1: fits perfectly. And then that's like, it's. I mean, it's hilarious because then like after that, reference of before is like Billy the Kid and Socrates, which I get because they were really the first two after they got Napoleon, that they picked up, right? This entire time that they were spending time with the princesses.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, so Billy the Kid so got to know each other. And then, like I I love their interaction. Yeah. At the all. Two of them, they're they're probably my favorite and of the historical figures that they pick up because they the two of them really form a bond. Uh, like by the end really of the movie, so and Billy the Kid are best friends by the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> And they're about to pick up some checks, and Sigmund Freud comes along. After visiting the hot dog on a stick place, he comes walking up with a corndog in his hand. <laughs> Very Freudian. Not subtle at all with that image. Yeah. But, yeah, so Billy the Kid and uh, Socrates are trying to pick up these girls, and then Freud comes along and uh, scares the girls away because he's a geek. And then one of my favorite lines of the movie: after they walk away, then Socrates starts laughing, looks at, at Freud, and he's like, "Geek." <laughs> but uh, yeah, so each you know the the as when Bill and Ted go to find Napoleon, then uh, all the different historical figures split up. They're all in their little groups. They're in their buddies, but really, the, each of them has a buddy. But Billy the Kid and Socrates are the only ones that really stay together. Everybody else splits off. Yes, and it, like. Chaos kind of breaks loose, but
1: the only person that really might be the one that should be arrested would be Genghis Khan. Yeah. Because he starts destroying the sporting goods well, store.
0: Well, Billy the Kid also, because at one point he fires his gun in the mall. Uh, so, like, Yeah. Beethoven's just playing a Be- bunch yeah. of Beethoven keyboards. finds a, a music store, and he starts playing a keyboard. He's entertaining people. Yeah. He is selling their yes. equipment. He's selling their, their musical equipment, yes. And, and you know, Joan, Joan of Art Arc is just doing aerobics. aerobics. Yeah, she finds an aerobics class. And, yeah, she shoves the aerobics instructor off the stage and starts teaching the class herself, which, yes, could get her banned from the store, maybe even banned from the mall, but it's not worth being arrested for.
1: And you would think the photography store would know what their actual costume would be. what their
0: props and their costumes are. Because, yeah, Abraham Lincoln goes and gets his picture taken. And the photographer tells him to give back the uh, Lincoln hat and the jacket. But they're it.
1: We need the drama.
0: I get it. So, yeah, everybody gets into their own little trouble. And, you know, of course, Genghis Khan is in the sporting goods store, replaces his club with a baseball bat. And then starts, starts knocking heads off mannequins. Yeah, and... Which he hit the head <laughs> off the mannequin and it went right into the basket. But yeah, so then he's running away from the from the security guards in there. And everybody else is, you know, they've all gotten in trouble. And everybody ends up... The person up... that would make the most trouble would be Genghis Khan. Yeah, I mean, he's a Mongol. <laughs> uh, yeah, so everybody gets arrested. All the historical figures get arrested. And so once Bill and Ted realize that the only place in San Dimas that Napoleon would go is Waterloo. They go and they find him. At
1: because the
0: Napoleon Park. would
1: obviously know to look for Waterloo and wherever he was. Yeah. In
0: 1988, anyway, San Dimas, California. How they knew to connect Napoleon with Waterloo. Yeah. Which means they at least paid attention somewhat in history. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So, they then they got to go break everybody out of jail. So, they go to which a police station. Which is where station, Ted's dad's, keys come, where Ted's dad's keys come back into the play. Because they determine when they're trying to get in there that if they wait until after the history report and they get in the time machine, they can go back in time and steal Ted's dad's keys.
1: And put them in a specific location. Put them in a specific
0: location, which is right where they're standing, behind a sign. But they had to discuss that at that moment before they
1: even stole it.
0: So then, in order for them to appear behind that sign, they have to remember after the report to go back in time and do it. Which,
1: amazingly, they do.
0: Yes, because it shows up right there, right behind the sign. It just appears. And so then they run into the same thing when they get into the police station. They're, uh, you know, hiding under a little wall by a desk and trying to figure out how they're going to get past Ted's dad. So Bill gets an idea that they need to remember when they go back, you know, after the report, they need to get a tape recorder. So that Ted can record a message to his dad to send him on a wild goose chase. Apparently they went so back they to the mall
1: once a Radio Shack.
0: Yeah, apparently. Unless they had... They, I mean, they could have had the tape recorder laying around the house. It's true. Steve's. I mean, Bill's dad looked like he might have been the kind of guy who would have a tape recorder. But yeah, so they use a tape recorder that just appears because they went back and got it after. So they sneak past Ted's dad and they go and they unlock the cells that the historical figures are in. And as they are sneaking out the window, Ted's dad comes in and starts yelling at Ted. So here's the part that I don't understand. So Ted decides, he's like, remember a trash can, trash can. And all of a sudden a trash can appears and falls on Ted's dad's head. And, you know, he's trapped in a trash can. Mm-hmm. So part that I don't understand is, yes, yes. Okay. I get that. That's just one of the things that they added to the things that they need to do when they go back in time after the report. But it just materializes above his head and drops. Who drops it. Exactly. There should be a second Ted there. There should be a second Ted sneaking up behind his dad and putting the trash can over his head. Which we don't see. <laughs> but uh, So they end up getting back to Missy, who drives them to the school. And they go, and they're, uh, the history teacher is about to send everybody home early because Bill and Ted aren't there yet. They're the last ones scheduled to do their report, and they're not there. Then all of a sudden, the lights go down, and spotlights show up. And it's this perfectly choreographed lighting <laughs> situation. That, that That's the thing I want to know. is like, we're this last minute, perfect lighting situation and music <laughs> and all this stuff where it's like a stage show or an arena rock band yeah. where, you know, so yeah. So then Bill and Ted are there and they give their oral presentation and they have each of the, each of the historical figures come out and tell what they really think about modern day San Billy The kid has live firearms, but in a public school, he shoots out one of the spotlights. <laughs> but nobody cares. <laughs> and then uh, when Napoleon is discussing the uh, the Battle of Waterloo, Ted says he doesn't think it's going to work, and Napoleon gets mad. He gets upset, and he destroys the little, uh, the little map model that he made, knocks all the little army men off. It's a great performance, yeah. and Abraham Lincoln helps conclude it. Yeah. They, they, they do a great job. And so when Freud... Oh, and this is the one time when they actually get everybody's names right, when they're introducing each one of them. They actually say Socrates. They say Sigmund Freud. They say Beethoven. But yeah, so Freud is having a therapy session with Ted, or Ted is having a therapy session with Freud. And so he gets to the bottom of what's been bothering Ted the whole time, you know, his conflict with his dad and all that. And then he looks over at Bill and asks him if he wants to get on the couch. And (laughs) I love Bill's response. It's like, oh, no, 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 there's nothing wrong with me just just a slight Oedipal complex. <laughs> Let's send the camera like, pans over to Missy. <laughs> but yeah, so they go through. Everybody then the presentation ends with Abraham Lincoln coming out and giving a speech four score and seven minutes ago. Your forefathers <laughs> set forth on a most excellent adventure through time, and of course, but you really wouldn't be four score and seven minutes ago. No, it wouldn't be. But- 27 minutes. But he ends it with, with the slogan of the future that came from Bill and Ted, which I don't know why we didn't mention earlier. But, yeah, so Abraham Lincoln ends his speech with, be excellent to each other.
1: Party on, dudes! this thing of that. You know, like, the be excellent. Yeah, it's funny seeing Abraham Lincoln be excellent to each other. <laughs> the, the party yeah, the on,
0: party dudes. on, dudes! Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, so they get an A-plus on their history report. Which makes sense. It's a really well done. It is, report. is a really well done report. And I mean, you can't discount the fact that they had the actual real historical figures in it.
1: Who finally go back in
0: their
1: original character.
0: Yeah. They return everybody to their original times, and Bill and Ted are again playing their guitars in the Struggling. Or making noise with their guitars in the in the garage and They realize, you know, we should probably actually yeah. learn how to do this. Yeah. We should actually learn Beethoven. how to play.
1: They had Beethoven. But he wouldn't play guitar, but he could easily teach him music.
0: But he—they had already taken him back to his time. But Rufus yes. shows up, gives them some brand new guitars as a thank you for fixing the future. Because again, we didn't mention earlier that Bill and Ted are the key to world peace. They—they <laughs> they single-handedly save the future with their history report. Yeah, if they are all, rather, rather, not necessarily with their history report, but with their music, that they can't write the song that unites the world if they are separated because they failed history.
1: Because Ted's in Alaska in military school. Yeah,
0: so they, uh, you know, he comes in, and and it turns out Rufus went back to medieval times, not the restaurant, but the actual medieval times, (laughs) and, uh. He rescued the princesses from marrying the royal ugly dudes. And he brought them back so that they could be with Bill and Ted. And so they become members of their band.
1: I I saw this weird criticism of the movie about how, oh, they are
0: gifted, these women. Like, no, they didn't want to marry the royal ugly dudes. No, they wanted wanted to be with Bill and Ted. They hit it off right (laughs) away with them. They didn't want to marry the royal ugly dudes. Yeah, so Rufus rescued them and brought them back to 1988. Where, uh, that's what happened. Yeah, and then Rufus jammed with him. He was the only one in the garage that was actually able to play an instrument. Kind of strange things, like he apparently going to supposed to know how to play. But it was clear that you know, filming wise, that George Carlin couldn't play the guitar like that. He was just making the face while somebody else was playing the guitar. It never showed his hands and his face at the same shot. Nope. <laughs> but yeah, so there's the end of the movie.
1: It's it no, a that's a probably going exactly right now. I was watching it again recently like, you know, this it's there's a lot of things for being I mean it's CG thirteen. It's like not like it's directed really at kids, but like a lot of the audience, a lot of stuff would go over their heads. Especially was- the historical stuff, like especially like the Freud stuff you're talking about, yeah. you know, like this with Ted on the Couch.
0: Yeah. Ted on the couch. Be, like you were saying, like having an just a biological complex. And Freud in the mall with the corn corndog. So it's it's so goofy. It's a lot happening with it. And like
1: and again, like, you know, talked about some of the stuff it harkens towards. Like it's funny, like, you know, picks up all of these aspects of different eighties movies, not just time travel movies, yeah. but sci fi movies, eighties comedies for that matter.
0: Yeah. And and what we didn't even mention, before they meet Rufus and everything, when they're in Bill's bedroom trying to put together a history report, they're talking about George Washington. And Bill says, okay, so who's George Washington? And Ted's like, the dollar bill guy. Or no, did Ted say George Washington and then Bill said the dollar bill guy? And then Ted's like, have you ever made a mushroom with his head? And they're like, oh, wait, remember when we went to the Hall of Presidents? What did he say at the Hall of Presidents? And Ted puts one hand on his chest and puts his other arm out. He's like... Welcome to the Hall of Presidents. <laughs> <laughs> there's
1: so much going on. Like there's parts where they seem so like clueless like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, but then there's parts it's, where they repair the time machine. Seems so intelligent. With they, they MacGyver a fix to the time machine.
1: <laughs> That's a great reference too. You know what? That's like even the aspect of it, right? Like it's always like a MacGyver fix. It yeah. really is MacGyver fix.
0: Yeah. Like. They use ten cans and food, and, and bubblegum bubble to fix the time machine. I mean, you can't really get much more MacGyver than that. And they do it. And it's in perfect working order after that. Perfect working <laughs> order. It's just, it's just these
1: little things about it. And, like, it's, it's easy to bypass it for, like, the initial reviews like, about it. Like, a lot of things. But it's so much happening with it. And the other thing I looked into this, the director, Stephen Herrick, right?, So his first movie was another 80s movie, Critters. Okay. Very 80s sci-fi kind of horror comedy type thing going on, right? He's got a very interesting filmography, okay? The next one kind of falls within this with, like, Bill and Ted, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Okay i don't think I've seen that since like
0: 1992 yeah <laughs> it was like nine i've i've never watched it all the way through i've seen bits and pieces of it but it was yeah early 90s when i watched it when when i saw parts of it so I barely remember it and like i like i remember when it came out like the previews because like
1: i the the title just sticks out mm-hmm. especially if you're like nine years old yeah years old, i, I whatever, can still seven see the years poster old. Don't tell mom. Maybe he said it was dead. And then I, poster, I can see the
0: poster. Right? You know, you got Christina Applegate and the kids standing behind her. And uh, <laughs> and just these old woman legs sticking up from under the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so the next movie he did after that was The Mighty Ducks. <laughs> I, didn't realize he was, I didn't realize he directed The Mighty Ducks. Yes. And the movie
1: after that, so that's like 92. Bill and Ted was released in 89. Yeah. Don't tell mom. Was ninety one. Mighty Ducks was ninety two. Next year, 93 is the Three Musketeers. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of crazy. Like the Three Musketeers are kind of like so this. You're talking, you know, you're talking a famous talking, story. Like that's the most recent notable adaptation. Problem.
0: You're talking the Kiefer Sutherland, Charlie Sheen, Oliver yes. Platt, and Chris that O'Donnell. Three Musketeers. Three Musketeers.
1: Correct. <laughs> two years later, nineteen ninety five. His next movie. Was Mr. Holland's Opus?
0: Wow, he has. Yeah, he's got an eclectic filmography. It's
1: really strange. And
0: then after that, One Hundred One Dalmatians, the live action version. I'm guessing, yeah, I was going to guess Glenn the live Close. action one with Glenn Close and Jeff Daniels.
1: And then the last two ones that were really kind of big were Holy Man, which had Eddie Murphy. Yeah, I remember the previews of it. The movie bombed the box office. I yep. Remember that? And then finally. Rockstar. It's rockstar two thousand one with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, with Mark Wahlberg. Jennifer Wahlberg Aniston. he's supposed to be some type of rock like rock star. Which also kinda of bobbed.
0: Huh. So he hasn't done anything since Rockstar?
1: Nothing. Or nothing noteworthy. Yeah. There's a twenty twenty one movie called Afterlife of the Party.
0: I've heard of that. That's the Victoria the Justice movie. one, isn't it?
1: Yes it was you know
0: netflix produced movie yeah i remember seeing it on netflix i haven't watched the movie the but i remember one, seeing it yeah, on there i
1: guess i yeah. remember this one which would have been after um rockstar 2002 was life or something like it okay with angelina jolie yeah, with angelina and edward jolie.
0: burns yep Baron edward burns was like a thing i did i i did see life or something like it back well, when it first have came out. Well, a bunch of sisters. I have a bunch of sisters, yeah, and one of my sisters was watching it. And so I, I, I saw, I didn't see the whole thing, but I saw a good chunk of it.
1: But yeah, most of the, you know, "Band of the house in 2005, pictured this in 2008. Wait, is the that chaperone. the
0: Tommy Lee Jones man of the house? Yes, it was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Along those lines, in 2011, there was a movie called The Chaperone with Triple H.
0: I think I remember that movie came out. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. That it's, was, it, it's kind That of funny was one that, of the long line of movies that had a wrestler that was in child care.
1: Right. And, like, at least, like, The Rock and Vin Diesel had more crossover. Yeah. I just think it's interesting to track his career. The main part was to just think about how Keanu Reeves ended up launching into this career. And initially, he had a decent success and like Mr. Holland's opus anyway yeah one of the writers for Bill and Ted was actually one of the writers for Men in Black so
0: yeah Men in Black you know, another great movie it is a great movie very funny very smart movie yeah I need to watch that again it's been a long time since we've seen Men in Black maybe don't we want to yeah put on the
1: list maybe you know this one that we should do there's a lot of movies that we want to cover
0: yes yes there are
1: we've, you know we were talking about this earlier about those are movies we want to
0: cover, and when
1: to do them, and that's the thing. Like even Bill and Ted,
0: right? Yeah, I mean we the we had, we had to do Bill and Ted. I mean, not only is it an amazing you know, movie, but it is the inspiration so other for
1: historical figures they could have included on their yeah. history presentation. There's a lot of movies out there that we have to get to. Yeah. We want to bring them to you, and we want to talk about them with you because I love talking about movies.
0: Yeah, so do I. And
1: I love watching movies.
0: I love talking about them, and. Yeah. And you and I have had plenty of we we, we've watched plenty of movies together and we always have great conversations about them afterwards. And so that's the whole reason why we started this podcast, because we wanted to bring our conversations to the Internet. That's right. So that uh, other people might uh, be able to participate in those conversations and have fun listening to our views on the movies and our opinions and maybe feel like sharing their opinions with us. With us. That's what and the comment section's others. for.
1: And, you know, maybe it makes you think, Oh, I wanna watch that movie. I haven't seen it. Yeah. I just got spoiled for me, but I wanna see it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Which is why we try to do a spoiler alert on every episode that we do. Sometimes it's a little bit later into it <laughs> when we remember to do it. But and, you know In case you I haven't mean, seen the movies, we like to we don't wanna spoil anything. Even if it's a movie that's been around for thirty years, you know, we still wanna in case you haven't seen it, we don't want to spoil it for you. I get some
1: of you might unless be just you know, getting in the movies or we want to give you a warning. Seventeen years it. old and you don't know all the movies that have the massive spoilers. Yeah, and even if they don't have massive spoilers. You just want to experience the movie as well. With that next movie we want to deal, yeah,
0: we're that doing. harkens
1: into this theme of time travel is Back to the Future.
0: Yep. Back to um, the Future next. We're actually going to be, you know, we have said before that, you know, if a, if a movie is part of a series, we won't necessarily do the whole series. But with Back to the Future, we're doing the trilogy. So right. it's not just the next episode is going to be Back to the Future. And the next three episodes you, are going to be Back to the Future, then the Back to the Future Part 2, then Back to the Future Part 3. And our reasoning behind that is because it's all one continuous story.
1: If you've seen all of them, you really understand why. And if you listen, if you listen to what we're gonna do, you will probably understand it too.
0: Yeah, it's not your uh, typical trilogy where each movie is sort of a self-contained story that just happens to take place, right. you know, one after another. The Back to the Future trilogy is one complete it's very continuous. story. It's linear. Each sequel takes place immediately after the movie before it, and it's, it's just it, it's one continuous story. So that's why I'm we're gonna do all about three
1: of I have a lot of memories about this one not going to share it right now yeah. I have a lot of memories about this trilogy so yeah I'm very excited about it
0: Yeah, so uh, so thank you for uh, putting up with us uh, gushing about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and how it is the inspiration for the title of this podcast Rob and Tony's Cinematic Adventure and, and join us next hope- time oh what are you saying
1: I just hope that yeah, you can continue to enjoy us on this adventure. Yes. Just ride with us as Bill and
0: Ted just kind of. Yeah, we are, we are traveling. We are traveling through the internet collecting listeners <laughs> to join us on our cinematic adventure.
1: I like it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just as Bill and Ted traveled through time collecting historical figures for their history report. <laughs> so We hope that you've been having fun listening to everything that we've had to say about these past movies. And we hope that you will stick with us and you know, maybe you'll learn something about some of these movies that you didn't know before. That's right. Maybe we'll learn something from you. I learned something from Rob tonight. And I learned something from Tony tonight. (laughs) So yeah. So uh, join us next time when we will be talking about back to the future. If you have not seen it, I highly recommend watching it. Please, yeah. I know I I've would said recommend it. watching it. It yeah. is a total classic. I know I've said it before about many of these movies that we've talked about so far. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. Which that's the great thing about our podcast is we get to pick what movies we do. What movies? Want to so watch? why wouldn't we pick a bunch of our favorite movies? So yeah, join us for Back to the Future. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Good night. Good afternoon.